You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. So that game that I was Sweet. telling you about, Crossing Souls, yeah, finished it. Well, we had a little more, little more video game talk on this. Why not? Uh, Why not? Are you? Episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you against video games? No, no. You get no. all judgy and shit. Just, where you're uh, like, oh, I see. <laughs> a lot of video game I'm talk. Sorry. Oh, you know what? On this movie Super podcast. Bowl yesterday, we did uh, Super Bowl yesterday. All right. What? Let's talk about you want to talk, fo- talk about the football game? It's not instead? movies either. It's not movies either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we could talk about some movies. It's drama. It's drama in front of an audience. I want to hear about this game. The Super Bowl? The, no, no, the, the it video was pretty game. Pretty bad. I don't want to. I saw enough of that game. Thank Crossing Souls, uh, pretty good. Fucking uh, relentless and unforgiving in some of the platforming stages. Mm. Uh, it's like NES hard. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You you go back and play those old games. Like I'm the dexterity I had as a you know eight year old must have been much better than uh, not just the dexterity. I think when we were younger, we were a lot better at memorizing the patterns of that, levels. That's and probably got to be a, also like. <laughs> I was 100% concentrating on the video games I was playing when yeah. I was that age. Oh, yeah. Now I got distractions. Now it's like, oh, I died. I'm just playing it for fun. It, it's not life or death. And I don't know about you. I know we've touched on this before in the past, but like Touch it. when I was a kid, I only had one game. Like that was my, my parents' rule was like, oh, yeah? this is the game you have until you finish it. <laughs> have you finished it? And I'm like, no. Well, then you don't get another game until you know? finish this. I was too dumb That's to just, just lie to them. Inviting lying, yes. And so, like, they would rent me games. Like, we'd go and. There you go. And I don't know about you, but I was the worst when it came to renting video games. As far as choosing? Like, th- yeah. I always chose, like, the worst fucking game. <laughs> it's because. Platoon on the NES. <laughs> it's just, who thought that was a good idea, by uh, the way? Dude, I have no idea, but my father was like, sure, yeah, I'll rent you this game. It's because the, the box art, um, actually, the box art nowadays. Pretty much reflects the game that you're going to get. You know, they they treat it like movies, even stylistically. If it's a yeah. moody, dark, you know, thriller or something, you get like a Resident Evil type cover. Sure. If it's uh, fun and boppy like Mario, you get a lot of uh, bright colors and cartoon characters. Yeah, absolutely. Represents. But yeah, Platoon. Then you get uh, something like Smash Brothers. It's like, what? <laughs> I have no idea what's going like the on The first there. ten minutes of the single player mode in Smash Brothers, every character gets killed. Is it just a, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, oh, it's spoiler weird. alert. It's the beginning of the... <laughs> no, I know. Uh, no, so I finished this game called Cro- uh, Crossing Souls. Mm-hmm. It's an homage love letter to the 80s. Uh, kids on bikes. Uh, they, yeah. they come across this supernatural thing, and the, there's a secret government organization that's trying to hunt them down to get it back. And Of course. It's a great game. A cool story. I feel a big butt coming along. There's a huge butt. Like, Sir Mix-a-Lot's right around the fucking corner. <laughs> because he would obviously love butt. this game because it's got a big butt. Touch your hand there. And it cannot lie. <laughs> um, the, the story gets a little too broad. Uh, and in that, too many I mean, women in it, I hear you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> too broads. Uh, the, um, One cup. Whereas something like E.T., even though the government is like tracked down this alien to this person's house, mm-hmm. the story's still pretty much localized. Like it's it's in this small area. Right. Whereas like by the end of this game, you're saving the fucking world. Oh, why does everything have to have such huge stakes, man? I don't know, man. And now I'm going to spoil the game a little <laughs> well, bit. This, this is great. The game's been out for a while, man, so shut the fuck up. Uh, so like throughout the course of the game, like, it starts off your the character that's your little brother Kevin mm-hmm. dies because this Ooh. item like will suck up your your life energy Uh-oh. and so they create a device that will like kind of keep it at bay or whatever. 
but like your little brother takes it to get it away from some bullies and ends up dying. Oh, and like there's a funeral sequence in this game Hardcore. where like your brother's dead, but then like the stone that you use it lets you converse with the afterlife. So you That's start you, like your brother helps you through like these puzzles and stuff oh, cool. that only he can access. But the thing is, while the story progresses, more and more of your friends fucking die. Ooh, this is dark. Yeah. I like it. Until the very end of the game where all the characters are dead. <laughs> I, really? Yeah, and I, like I was like, this is not satisfying. Like at the end of the monster squad, the kids did not get killed by the monsters. <laughs> Murdered, yes. Like that was that part of the fun is that like the kids prevailed. Uh-huh. And I really thought at some point in this game, in fact, there is a point where you go back in time, you find a DeLorean, oh. total like reference no to, way, really? to Back to the Future. That's awesome. But you don't go back in time to save your little brother from <laughs> dying. You save these uh, train tracks from getting blown up in the oh, past. The greater good. Yeah, I guess. But I'm like, <laughs> that's a perfect device to use to kind of get all the characters back. Like, it's a situation like this where usually I find that whole, like, well, it was all just a dream. Or uh. we were able to go back in time and fix it all. I would usually find that to be a cheap cop-out. Mm-hmm. But with something like this that's an homage to the 80s, mm-hmm. I was expecting it. And of course. And it would have been a great, a great touch, a great turn on. Nobody likes playing a game where, like... You know, middle school age kids get fucking killed <laughs> and stay that way. Yeah, that's it, weird. So, you ever seen Lim- ever played Limbo? I guess I should yes. say. Yes, that game is fucking wild. I, uh, I, Jen and I played that. We beat it like in an, uh, a twenty four hour period, right? Uh-huh. Uh, just great game, puzzles. Uh, one of those little indie games you could pick up for like twenty bucks, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, we got to the very end and realized why it's called Limbo. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah, the, the children, the, your sister that you're playing for, and yourself, you're you're both dead. You're all dead. Spoiler already. alert for that as well. So there was another game that you guys had recommended to me that I played. Edith Finch? Uh, no, not uh, Edith Finch. God damn it! One of these days, the, um, you play that uh, game. What the fuck was it called? It's like you, you escape from like a government facility inside. Or inside. Yeah, that was isn't a, that great? Yeah, but that was a downer fucking ending too. That's another one too, where it's like what very unsatisfying. Yeah, but the game itself, the experience. I'll tell you, it's, what, these, it's not the destination. It's people with some broken fucking childhoods the that they're trying to work out. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, well, so pushing up back hard up against the uh, Mario Brothers, all the cartoon characters and the colorful uh-huh. colors. I was talking. About. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a place no. for that. It's kind of like playing it currently in the other room. Dude, I was playing it before we got <laughs> That's started. Right. Uh, it's kind of like that whole. Superman versus Batman thing, not the movie, but like yes, how the, the, you've got uh, like the the idea of the characters that for a while there people were Team Batman, of course, because ah, oh, dude, he's, he's dark, dark, he's brooding, angsty. he's not a he's not a Boy Scout, no parents, and then I got to the point. <laughs> I cannot wait for that fucking movie to come out this weekend. What does he say? Tons of money. D- totally rich. Kind of makes, kinda it, makes better. it better. <laughs> Darkness. Yeah. No parents. Listen to our Lego movie episode. Oh, dude. Uh, so, yeah, but then there came a point when I hit my like late 30s mm-hmm. where I felt like, you know what? There is a place for Superman. You know, there, there it's yeah. nice to be able it's to kind of... refreshing, like, right? Yeah, to just like... Escapism of like hanging out with a dude that flies and can do just about anything. That is a very like nineties, mid nineties, late nineties thing when we had like Pulp Fiction and uh, you know all the all these movies where all of the characters died or most yeah. of them anyway. In the yeah, end. a bunch of anti heroes. <laughs> I like Uncle Heroes. Uncle Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe is fun. It's fun, it, isn't it's it? So fun. It's dude. like r- the best two D Mario game yeah. that they've made 
today. And I like that the characters dance to the music yeah. and stuff. Bah, bah, <laughs> um, <laughs> the choir. Yeah. What, what else, man? You got anything? What, well, you talked about the Super Bowl, and uh, there is a way we can tie that in with movies because they debuted a couple of trailers. Yes. Yeah. Us. I say... <laughs> with Jordan Beale. Jordan Beale's that us. actually does look v- And Jordan Beale's going to be hosting the new Twilight, the Twilight Zone? Zone. I love the way they did that, too, with the uh, the commercial where they made it look like the, you know, the, it's the old trick, but like, yeah. oh, the signal is going out. Yeah. CBS has lost its signal. Yeah. And I was on to it, and I knew what it was. It's pretty cool, but dude. It's effective. Yeah, man. I just, I, just Jordan been... Peele's going fucking everywhere. Like, they're just I mean, putting him everywhere. Super talented dude. Why not? Super talented. I just hate to see Key and Peele be done. They got to move on, man. You can't... Um, but Keanu... They each have their... <laughs> we can, you, listen, you we can like talk Keanu. about Keanu, Keanu coming soon to an episode of The Editing Bay. Ooh, no, it was... Um, well, we'll talk about it someday. Sure. It was fine. Uh-huh. Just, I uh, expected more from them. But the... Re- <laughs> I expected... <laughs> Frankly, Key and Peele, I expected more from them. <laughs> uh, no, I think Us looks good. That new Avengers trailer that... Even though it's a 15-second Super Bowl spot... Yeah. Uh, it was still good. Do you see the theories nowadays where people are saying that uh, a character has been painted out of one of the shots? Really? There's like a, a, a shot of uh, five or six of the heroes walking, walking kind of towards the-, the camera. And noticeably absent, like in the center of the frame, is like a place where somebody would be walking that kind of looks like it's been fucked with a little really? bit. Really? You yeah. think like Captain Marvel? or uh, The theory is Loki. Maybe Loki's in that shot. Dude, you're the one that keeps telling me, like, no, man, Loki's dead. Uh, no, he's not. He's not dead. Yeah, he's dead. I mean, like, you fucking flip-flop more on this shit I would be, I, than I, a I flat love the tire. character. It would be great if they find a way to bring him back. Um, but, um, no, he is. He, they have... You said yourself the fucking... Remember when they confirmed. used to be able to go to, like, IMDb and look at the cast list and know, yeah. like, oh, okay, this person's going to be in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, we've been watching The Good Place. You familiar with that show? With yeah. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. And Ted Danson and uh, Jenna was looking up somebody on IMDb. Totally spoiled something under oh, the no. actor's name. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. F. So, Marie Abraham. <laughs> totally pulled a Qui-Gon. Oh, Qui-Gon Liam Neeson Zero. is in it? <laughs> Liam Neeson's in it? No, I don't think Liam Neeson's going to be in a lot of things. From now on, what? Oh, he made some controversial statements. Today. Did he really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get into it. What did he say? Oh, like so. Well, this is very personal. Does he, he say he have a, a particular set of skills? Uh, well, kind of. Yeah, he's kind of uh, channeling one of his characters because he uh, he wanted to resact, resact, exact some revenge. Resacting. That's re-zact. a new word I'm making up right now. <laughs> That's gonna be it's gonna be a new movie, <laughs> Re-zact. new film by Joel Bernstein. Resact. Resact. <laughs> Um, he was going to exact some revenge on uh, the the perpetrator of uh, a crime. Did somebody familiar? So like kind of real life. Uh huh. But there was a little uh, racial tinge. Oh, to no. his comments. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh, Mr. Lebowski. Liam Neeson. How about that Lebowski commercial? How disappointing was that? Well, we talked about that already, though. Did we? All right. Like they had already released that. I know, but still, like I wanted to see Walter show up, dude. I wanted to see. Yes, the, the dude. Fucking the Bud Light Game of Thrones commercial <laughs> was the fucking shit. Unexpected. It was totally but unexpected. I love what they did. That is Ryan Johnson. That is how you <laughs> subvert expectations in a positive in way. In a positive way. Yes. Really excellent. Things actually mean something. Well, dude, when it starts off, and it is totally a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> yes, in tone and everything. It is completely a Bud Light commercial, and then the Bud Light night gets fucking knocked down. I'm like, dude, you don't... A brand does not, like, knock down its hero character. What the fuck's going the on? Line. And then it's like, the, the fucking mountain from Game of Thrones shows up, and I'm mm. like, oh, so they're, they're about to fight. And then the mountain bends over and fucking... 
crushes his head just like he does in the fucking show and they cut to the fucking page that starts screaming dude just starts fucking screaming and fucking drogan the dragon shows up and burns up the entire fucking field burninating the countryside game of thrones i was like get the fuck out of town (laughs) that's a good cross promotion the best like two two companies going in on a spot together that is fucking brilliant t-mobile was doing some of that too t-mobile was uh, rolling out some some product tie-ins they had with like Taco Bell and yeah. AT and T, but they're doing emergency a, responders and, and a really yeah, doing it in a really clever way though. Yeah, all right. Well, now we're just talking about advertising. Well, dude, I mean, it was a big deal. Weren't there other movie trailers that were? Uh, oh, Toy Story Four. Who's excited was, for Toy Story? I'm not four. I'm, no, I'm I don't not think at all. I don't think I am. I'm one of the few people who, with a dissenting opinion of the third movie. Really? Yeah, I thought it. Um, everybody likes it. I hear people say it's the best Toy Story movie. I don't think it's the best. I disagree. It's of the three. It's my least favorite. <laughs> Toys. It's in my top three of Toy Story <laughs> movies. It is not my favorite Toy Story, but it is my least favorite Toy Story. Wow. Yeah. Really. Uh, it's because I kind of feel like they re they went over the same tracks. It's almost a rehashing of two. Of in two a way. in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, I've already seen two, and I already love two, so I kind of wanted to see a different story. Do you love here, two? Where two is my favorite. Oh, for real. Two's, two is uh, two is like a masterpiece. I think. Of time constraints and creativity colliding. Two improved on the visuals of the first one. Absolutely. And um, the animation. But I still think the first one's a way better story. It's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. I know. But like when you're given a Star Wars, how do you create an Empire Strikes Back out of it? You gotta build on that world. I, I think they did. By that. giving it to Irvin Kirshner. In the second one, that's right. Well, <laughs> he's take, dead. Taking fucking and, George uh, Lucas out of it. John Lasseter ain't making films with them anymore. No, so, uh, man. Oh, man. Dark time for. Uh... So, speaking of um, actors who uh going back and seeing them now in films from 15 years ago, John Lasseter? Kevin Spacey. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin Spacey shows up. In what? In Toy Story 4? No, in, uh, in, a, in a film that we're talking about today. <laughs> I guess that's this my segue. Is, this Joe. is your man. This is a sloppy fucking segue. <laughs> Cut this part out, Joe. Fine. You just had to say this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. Mine's Joe. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case. Uh, every week we will try to watch a movie. Come back here, talk <laughs> about it with each other, with you, our lovely editing bay listeners. You are free to join us in the discussion. Go to facebook.com/slash editing bay. Uh, or in the uh, search bar at Facebook, just put in the editing bay, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, mm-hmm. click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us, join in the discussion, and leave suggestions for movies you'd like for us to talk about uh, in the future. Before we get started, Joel, Uh-oh. you know how I talked a couple weeks ago about a uh, a review that we got from someone named... I was named just going to ask if we've Trey had is trio. any new uh, reviews since well, then. Well, I'm so glad Uh-oh. that you asked. <laughs> oh, no. Because we do yes! have a new review. Is it from Trey's trio? Uh, no, it oh, okay. is not I from thought Trey maybe is trio. He was going to be like still subscribing and still secretly it's, listening. It's sour. He's like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> One star. <laughs> I've got a problem now. One star. You. Uh, all right, so here we go. No, we got a review from someone named N. Wadsworth eighty four. Oh, so very nervous. This was uh, they left a review actually on January twenty sixth from our clue episode. Uh, oh no, of no, this year, for, of this year, oh, from yeah. like a week ago. So I forgot to fucking check before we recorded last week. I'm just glad somebody is. Here we go. Okay, uh, Trey is wrong. Is oh, what this is entitled. Yes, Trey is wrong. <laughs> Five star review. Yes, just writing. Uh, a review to offset Trey is Trio. Love you. And also because I also find the jokes funny. <laughs> Five stars. We are not alone. <laughs> so there's three of us. Thank you, Doc Brown. There's a trio of us <laughs> that find our jokes very funny. So this week, this yes. was your pick two of two. Wait, was this? Yeah. 
Oh, that's it was. right. Because I did two in a row. I'm so used. And you did two in a row. To the ping pong. And yes. now we're going to get back into the Because you've got things. something up your sleeve for next week. For Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. You're old and can't wait. Yeah, this was a an audible that we called, if I can use uh Welcome to Audible. A term from uh, from football. Yeah. Speaking of the Super Bowl. Eventually Tony Romo did make it to a Super Bowl. Oh and he won. He won. <laughs> he was fucking amazing. Yeah, he was great. He was the best part of the Super Bowl. I totally agree. He had such good insights, Dude, right? I love when they would go to commercials though and he'd be like saying shit like if you came for an offensive game, you came to the wrong place. Yes. Or like, wow, they got a field goal. It's a scoring spree. Finally, somebody <laughs> scored. Yeah, uh, although somebody pointed out, I believe it was our friend Walt on uh, Facebook, that uh, Tony <laughs> you're Romo... Not, you're, you're, you're not wrong, Walter. <laughs> you're just an, just asshole. an asshole. That, uh, what's his name? Tony Romo. That Tony Romo looks like a, a, a Paul Rudd if he were made out of plastic. Like, if you look at him side by side, the nose and the chin... I don't agree. It's like an exaggerated version. I don't think they look a thing like each other. It's a handsome man. You should see this uh, photo he posted. Okay. You'll agree. I'll have to take a look. Take a look. Because all I can think of Tony Romo is just his weird shit-eating, like, I'm a 14-year-old grin. (laughs) Dude, he was like... He's living the dream. He was conducting... Yeah, he is. He was conducting interviews before the game, and he was, like, looking like Don Johnson from Miami Vice. No socks with, like, his his slip-on shoes The style, man. That's what the kids are doing. Is that seriously the style? Yeah, man. Fuck. This, when I wanted Miami Vice shit to be hot, it was out. Now, there's no way I can get away with wearing Miami Vice shit, and that's all the rage. Uh, so, this was your pick, man. Hopefully, hyper-colored t-shirts will come back. As, Dude, I fucking loved hyper-colored. love those. Uh, I like when you sweat in them, and then your uh, purple shirt has pink spots, like yeah. right around your armpits and your asshole. And you have, that's a good look. Your shirt gets down to your asshole? Well, I'm a, I'm a sweaty man. <laughs> to your asshole, though? <laughs> yes. How are you tucking that fucking shirt all, in? All orifices. Oh, my yeah, God. The wrong way, apparently. Short shorts. That's what the problem is. We like, wear sh- uh, dude, Really short shorts. So this was your pick. This was Austin Powers, gold member. and um, Austin Powers in gold member. That's right. Thank you. Correct uh, title. You brought it up in the middle of last week's episode, um, and I had yet to decide uh, what this week's episode was going to be. Yeah. And then uh, just organically it made sense. I looked on my list. There it was. And uh, I mentioned uh, last year that Vern Troyer uh, passed away, sadly. Which I forgot. I, did, like I didn't even 49. catch. You didn't believe me. Nope. Uh, so now we get a second chance here Couldn't in 2019. Couldn't believe shining star like well, Vern Troyer. You know what, though? Had uh, left us. I'm going to defend him a little bit in this film because uh, he gives his best performance, I think, on film, save any Look, of the Harry Potter films. I'm not going to disagree that he gives his best performance. <laughs> um, all right, so Austin Powers in Goldmember yes. came out in 2002. Directed by Jay Roach, who directed all of the Austin Powers films. Yes, he did. Also, Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers. Uh, a movie called Dinner for Schmucks. And my favorite of his films, Mystery Alaska. I don't know if you ever oh, saw that. Oh, I haven't seen that good one. Good movie, man. Yeah? Uh, super good. Not in the good reference that I said last week where I was like, Awesome Powers, gold member? Fucking great. Uh, yeah, Mystery still, Alaska is actually really good. You still hold true to that? Oh, we'll uh, get to that. Oh, interesting. We'll get to that. Uh, right. The budget for this movie, $63 million, mm, Sounds about right. Gross $296.7 oh, so this million. Was, see, in my mind, I felt like this um, was a failure. Yeah, well, but to watch not. it. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, other movies that came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a long list, but I'll, I'll try to speed through it. Thank you. Uh, Minority Report, love it. Spider Man, 
Oh. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, yeah. Gangs of New York, mm-hmm. Road to Perdition, mm. The Pianist, Catch Me If You Can, which oh, I've never that. seen. What? Oh, coming soon. Ice Age, The Born Identity, Signs, Lilo and Stitch, yeah, Adaptation, The Ring, Panic Room, 28 Ooh. Days Later, Punch Drunk Love, About a Boy, About Schmidt, Blade 2, The Hours, City of God, 8 Miles, Secretary, Unfaithful, Treasure Planet, <laughs> One Hour Photo, Reign of Fire, Triple X, <laughs> The Transporter, The Scorpion King, all three of those movies starring people from the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, there you go. We got that new trailer for Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, looking Looks good. fun as fuck. Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, mm-hmm. Die Another Day, and movies that we've talked about, Star Wars <laughs> Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Jesus. Resident Evil, Scooby-Doo, and Equilibrium. Oh. And a new little touch that I like to put on this. Yeah? What was the number one song from 2002? <laughs> Just to kind of so you could so you could take the temperature and figure out where we were as a society. 2002, I feel like we were um, right at the beginning of the Britney Spears era. Hmm. Uh, but maybe a little too early for that. Number one song. Let's the see. Number one song. Something from like U2 or something banal like that. Uh, the number one song from 2002, Maroon Joe, 5. was Nickelback's How You Remind oh, Me. Oh, I was close. So we were in a dark time as a society artistically. Uh, I would have preferred Couldn't Nickelback. make it as a wise man. <laughs> Never cut it as a poor man stealing. That's the song <laughs> that they took another song. You remind me. There's a mashup somewhere of that song and whatever the other big Nickelback song from that uh, era. Like, Photograph? No, no, it was something like almost identical. Like literally they just played the tracks back to back. Oh, and, and they just put new lyrics it's to the it? Same, no, it's the same tempo. The two songs, if you play them simultaneously. That's what I'm saying. They just put different lyrics to it. No, no, no. They took the same song mm-hmm. and then just put different lyrics. No, you're not following me. They took I'm two, not following They took two Nickelback songs that sound exactly the same. And if you play them, if you line them up, almost like a, a Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz, like they match up. Like it goes to the refrain at the same time. The tempo is exactly the same. The okay. structure of the song is gotcha. identical. Okay. Uh, sorry, I wasn't explaining. So what you're not, well. what you're not saying is that Nickelback wrote two songs <laughs> yes. that pretty much sounded the same, but <laughs> well, had that, different lyrics. That goes without saying. Yes. No, it didn't go without saying because you corrected that's, me that's, twice when I tried just, to say it. It's not just the lyrics that are different. The, the the melodies are different, but the key changes are the same and everything. That's hey, look. All right, <laughs> I see what you're getting at. You understood. I got you. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So Austin Powers in Gold Member. Um. Boy, where to start with this movie? Um. Well, at the so beginning, you hadn't seen I, this. I had not seen this when I realized that uh, I bailed after part two. When I realized that, oh, all the jokes that uh, this franchise has to tell, they pretty much rolled out in that first one. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed them then. I, I love the satire. Uh, where do you fall on that first Austin Powers film? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um. Mm. I was. What was weird about Austin Powers is that there were a lot of people that were kind of late to the party on that. It was almost like the Napoleon Dynamite of its time. Yeah, a bit of a slow rollout uh-huh. that one. But it became like a huge cult hit. Oh, yeah. Where people were like quoting it all the yeah, time. Baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, How tired is that? It, well, after watching this movie today, super fucking tired. <laughs> it's super fucking tired. Dude, like I remember having very fond memories of this film, mm-hmm. of seeing this movie in the theater with, yeah. with my dad. He had come to Texas and visited. Oh, we did a screening of it with the radio station. Hey. And we went, and my father was like cackling, laughing throughout the whole thing. And it's a father-son story on multiple levels. In a way. So. It's not as strong as, say, like well, The Last Crusade. No, no, which is uh, and it's clearly it's paying homage to. It is playing it very fast and loose with like the, the Austin Powers timeline. We're like... Well. Nigel Powers should be like 90 years old because they don't specify that like they grabbed him from the past with the time machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also just traveling through time. 
real fucking nonchalant in this movie. <laughs> yeah. They're just, we're traveling through time, guys. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, they have this whole sub-story about Nigel Powers and how he didn't make it to Austin's uh, ceremony, his mm-hmm. knighting ceremony. Mm-hmm. But, like, apparently it's supposed to be 50-year-old Michael Caine when he should be, because you think about it, if Austin Powers was a super spy in the 60s, okay. his father was also a super spy. His father probably, at the least, was like about 30 years old at that time. Sure. So he would have been... Yeah, been born in the 20s or 30s. Yeah, so he would be in his 90s or some shit now. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, for some reason, I just had a hard time reconciling that in my brain watching this movie. You were paying close attention to the timeline there. Maybe a little too close. <laughs> but this movie rehashes... Everything that the second movie rehashed, uh, but sloppier, yeah, and full of like I don't remember like I remember the first one had a couple of like juvenile jokes where it's like ah oh, like some pee pee humor or yes. some, you know the 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 Tom Arnold bit where he's like who does number two yeah. work for <laughs> it's clever though but it was clever uh-huh. like this one isn't it's just a whole lot of pee jokes there is and, a lot of urine humor and in this yeah film, it really is maybe a like little two raci- in a row maybe slightly racially insensitive not that we should worry about that with a movie like, like this to who though to, to japanese people oh well definitely oh that old tired godzilla joke there's a, there's a paper mache godzilla that comes to life and yeah the, the, of course and hero of, from heroes is the yes! one that points it the there's actually tourists. two actors from heroes in this movie no yeah who's the other one greg grunberg is one oh. of the, the fans <laughs> that has the the letters <laughs> tits. painted yeah. Tits. yeah speaking of things that were recycled from uh previous films that whole bit there that whole bit you know it's still funny though and Joe, so the difficult problem with reviewing this film is, do you review it as a standalone film, or do you take into account you can't, the things you that... You can't review it as well, a standalone but film, I because did. this film relies very heavily on the fact that you've seen the other two. Right. Because if you haven't, most of the references fall on deaf ears. But I saw those films 15 years ago, and yeah. really didn't remember a lot of the jokes, of course, until they were recycled here, but... In the moment, I still thought they were funny. Yeah. That whole thing at the end where it looks like a giant, looks like two uh, melons, and then they cut to a <laughs> Donna woman. Donna DeErico. Yes, yes. From Baywatch. Some melons on the side. Uh-huh. And then it goes to like the Osbournes and Ozzy. And, you know, uh, at one point, Ozzy even says, he's like, they're just rehashing the same fucking jokes they did in the first. And you know what? Acknowledging that you're doing it is still not an excuse right. for doing exactly. it. Exactly. And the Osbournes are the Nickelback of uh, TV oh, shows from yeah. 2002. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, but a lot of stunt casting in this movie, speaking yes. of the Osbournes. Well, let's start from that uh, intro. <laughs> I'm going to start at the beginning. I think that's my favorite part of the movie. It, it, it does have a strong start <laughs> there with that false... Uh, they do this whole action scene... And the way it's directed and shot, like, it's pretty impressive action stuff going on. Yeah. Over the top, obviously. You got Austin Powers, like, parachuting into a self-driving car oh, on the yeah. side of the road. Uh-huh. But still competently done. Uh, and right about the time I thought, man, this is like a Mission Impossible opening. <laughs> sure enough, fucking, fucking Tom Austin Cruise. Powers takes off the helmet, and there's Tom Cruise as oh, Austin yeah. Powers, and then Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> as... Uh... As Dixie Normus. She <laughs> Definitely oh, looking like names. Felicity Shagwell. Yeah. But her, yeah, she's Dixie Tweets Normus. Name. And I love that she plays the whole, like, I'm just a a, a part-time model FBI agent, right. single mother. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be professional, yeah. but still sexy. Yeah. It's probably my favorite Gwyneth Paltrow role, too. Mm. Uh, but, like, I, I really dug that. I dig all of that where, you know, it made me want to see a Tom Cruise Austin Powers movie. <laughs> Uh, and then you saw Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey is uh, <laughs> Dr. Evil. 
Oh, but but he does a great impersonation. And, and Danny DeVito doing the mini me thing, yeah, chomping on his cigar. <laughs> really fun. Hey, bastards! And then we see in the end, we get to see the gold member character, oh, played by uh, John. Travolta. This is three weeks in a row now. We've had John Travolta talk on this podcast. It's weird though when you think about it. John Travolta, Tom Cruise. Was there a weird like? Uh, uh, Dianetics thing going on with this movie? Ooh, interesting. Yeah, Scientologists, Scientologists all over the... Isn't Kevin Spacey a Scientologist? Ooh, is he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Wouldn't surprise me at this point. I don't think Gwyneth is. No. I think Gwyneth is from the Earth. <laughs> She's from the Earth. Mm-hmm. She's got a baby named Apple. You can't get more Earth, Earthy than <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe she just likes the computers. That, <laughs> yes, that's right. That's what to the do child is named after. With the fruit. A computer. Uh... But no, I mean, not just those cameos. Mm-hmm. You got Fred Savage in this movie. Nathan Lane shows up. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg. We talked about Spielberg's That's in right. it. Tiny Lister <laughs> yes, in the prison. Tiny Lister, <laughs> which is completely wasted. He's I know. Like, Why should I line. do what you say? <laughs> Basically playing the role that he would end up playing in The Dark Knight. Uh, yes, that's right. Katie Couric is in this movie. What? Where was she? The prison guard with the unibrow. That's Katie it's Couric. Katie Couric. <laughs> what? Yes. Super random. Yeah, man. Rob Lowe shows up during the credits. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is his old character. Uh-huh. And then, uh, of course, Clint Howard <laughs> as Johnson. As, of course. He's the punchline to that gag from earlier where they yeah. finally come back to. Man. Looks like an enormous... Johnson! <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have eyes on that satellite? <laughs> Fucking weird-looking guy. Um, hey, he's playing it, though. If you look at his IMDb page, you ever seen Clint Howard's IMDb? Like, his, his profile photo... I'll show it to you right No, now. I haven't seen it. I'll show I, I rarely look up Clint, Clint Howard. <laughs> I'm rarely like, man, I'm feeling real fucking horny. Look what look at what he has chosen Clint to Howard have pictures. as part of his, uh, his his IMDb photo. Jesus. <laughs> Looking like a Wallace Shawn from The Princess Bride. He does, yeah. Inconceivable. Or like he's trying to get a gig as like Scrooge. Yes, in- or, or a Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the one who's smoking the pipe. And my gaffer. Looks di- uh, disapproving. Frodo, my old gaffer. <laughs> Uh, man. Clint Howard, everybody. It, it annoyed me. Like American the, treasure. The references were really funny uh, in their own right. Like it's they were already putting it in your face, but it is annoying every once in a while. Where like you know, example, Quincy Jones shows up, uh, and like Austin little, or Mike Myers looks at the camera. Just to and he's break like, the fourth wall, ladies and gentlemen, Mister Quincy Jones. Like, we don't fucking care. We don't, not not just that we don't care. We don't need to know that. Like we already know. You don't have to point out. Who Quincy Jones is. There are a couple of times in this movie where he relies on just flat out saying the name of... Uh, Especially his gold member. Gold member does that. He'll start singing a song and then he'll just kind of have to slide in the name of it. Yeah. I didn't think that bit was, was funny. No, I didn't I didn't think well, so. Like, where's, the, where's the cleverness? I feel it? like the Abed did it better in Community than he does it in this film. I'll have to take your word for that. Uh, have you never watched Community? Never watched Community. Oh, wow. Because I don't like Chevy Chase. Isn't he in that? He's yeah, the, like, the yeah. star of that show. He's right? not the star of that show. Well, he was, wasn't he? No, he was in all the advertising. He was never the star of the show. He was though. the big name. No, what? Yeah, well, yes, Joel McHale's they... the star of the show. Well, he's the and then, lead, and but then he's you've not got the star. Donald Glover's in it. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but at the time, Allison Brie. Who knew any of these people when it came out? Chevy Chase was the name that was attached to Joel the show. McHale. Was like the host of the Soup or whatever. <laughs> Thank you for proving my <laughs> points. Uh, my stepsister. Mm. Would like she would start reacting like Austin Powers and Doctor Evil do to uh, to the mole on Fred Savage's face? Yes, she would react because I've got like a mole on the right cheek of my face. Yeah, like right. Well, that's a little De Niro on you. But the thing is, like, I never used to be self conscious about it Mm -hmm. until then, 
And now that's why I always have like a healthy dose of like shadow on my face. Oh, you do to try to help obscure it, keep the perma scruff. Yeah, dude. When <laughs> I shave down, it, even Sarah will point it out sometimes. She's like, "She get that checked." And I'm like, "I don't <laughs> stop bringing my attention to it. Like, I don't have to see it." It's it's a beauty mark, Joe. That's what we call it. Yeah, that's it, a beauty mark. I've got a little something here too, right underneath the left nostril. No, that's your face. That will never. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dinner actually. No, I will never uh, shave this mustache. Uh, you don't want to see what's going on under here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like James Spader with my butt lips. What? Yeah. He doesn't have butt lips? Absolutely, he does. What are you talking about? He has James butt lips. James Spader? James Spader. Yeah, man. Yeah. Star of... Ultron. Uh, Stargate. Star of the secretary that we just talked about. Yeah, total butt lips, dude. What? Check him out. No, dude. Let's go to his IMDb page. No. Let's see what uh, photo he has. Uh, oh, it's Clint Howard, actually. That's that's great. On James Spader. So, okay, so you hadn't seen this. What are your thoughts of this movie? So, again, I... Because I've, I've got notes here. <laughs> let's go through them. I like the first Austin Powers. I, I am not going to apologize for that. I thought it was, a, it was fun satire at the time. Favorite part of the first Austin Powers movie. That 21-point turn. He's trying to do in the little security cart uh-huh. when he's stuck between the two walls and yeah. they keep cutting back and to it. It just stays. It's just <laughs> as I think long as they keep playing it along the same lines, same uh-huh. scene mm-hmm. where he he and Elizabeth Hurley are driving the uh, the um, uh, the steamroller. Yes, very slowly. And the dude is just screaming no. no. For some reason, man, that fucking kills me every time. That and Will Ferrell getting thrown down the pit. Yes, yes. And he just keeps calling up to them. <laughs> I think I'm still, I've just broken a <laughs> I leg. I've broken but... <laughs> a leg, but I could really use some. Hey, what do you guys do here? <laughs> that is so good. I'll tell you, man, Mike Myers, mm-hmm. when he's doing like, I, all of his characters are funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Powers, maybe the least he funny is, of them. absolutely. All, More but, annoying than but the rest. as Dr. Evil, like just the... The chemistry that's going on between him and the people that play his yeah, underlings Frau. are some of my favorite things, my favorite interactions yeah. in the movies. Oh, yeah. Even when they're not saying anything, they're just kind of looking around, like just giving looks. Yeah. Fucking priceless sometimes. <laughs> and you can tell there's a lot of like improv in there. And they'll keep some of those takes where uh, where they tried something and it was working. It was funny. Like, yeah. A couple of times where uh, Dr. Dr. Evil, is that right? Uh-huh, yeah. Dr. Evil. And Frau are going back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Call it juvenile. A lot of that stuff makes me laugh. Uh, what does not make me laugh are the the pee jokes and uh, the butt humor. You know, there's like a there's a huge submarine that is fashioned in the shape of Doctor uh, Evil, of Doctor Evil, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny in itself because he's a little head and he's doing the his signature move with the pinky to the mouth. Yeah, uh, but then when torpedoes start getting fired out of his butt, I'm like, all right, maybe little, maybe one too far, a little too much. Are we adults here, like making this film? Nope. No, none of them. Uh, we we see a return of Austin Powers 2's Fat Bastard. Got Fat Bastard, yeah. Shows back up as a sumo wrestler. The best part of that film. Uh, um, Anytime he's doing that Scottish accent, <laughs> a la So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh-huh. Or the, the, the Scottish guy from uh, from SNL yeah, that's, is where it originated. Right. He's got a lot of Scots. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. In his repertoire. Um, what, uh, what do you think would be more interesting to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, a series of Austin Powers movies where we don't keep retreading the Dr. Evil thing, mm. but we have Austin Powers taking on different villains that Mike Myers still plays and has to like create new personas for each one. Yeah. Well, I think that's what they're trying, isn't it? But none of them have been as successful as Dr. Evil. As Dr. So we Evil. We had Fat Bastard. And that's why We've we got made, Gold Member. That's why we made Dr. Evil... I think at the end it turned into like it was his brother. Yeah, I like that. I think, I think the audience got to the point where they liked Doctor Evil so much. Didn't want to see him be a bad guy. Th- yeah, anymore. they were kind of tired of that. And I I dug that, and it makes me almost lament the fact that we didn't get 
one last go at Austin Powers, <laughs> Austin Powers 4. with Seth Green as the bad guy. Which it seemed like they're totally setting up at the end. The way yeah. they, the film ends, he's he's progressively losing his hair uh-huh. throughout there. He's becoming oh more and more like <laughs> and the reaction. Evil. Yeah, when he when he's got that comb over and he walks in, <laughs> Doctor Evil's trying to like touch it. See, there's another like kind of improv moment where they're going back and forth. He's looking at him, but then he's not looking at him. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I like watching that stuff. But there's a couple of the... My problem is we get that with the mole, with Fred Savage and his mole. Mm-hmm. We get the same thing with the hair, with the Seth Green hair. There's not a lot filling this movie out. It's a lot oh, of empty calories. It's pretty short, too. Like a buck 37, I think. Yeah. And I feel like they really had to fight to fill that time to get that to get the movie to that. Well, luckily, we've got Beyonce to uh, do a lot of the heavy lifting here. Dude, I don't think she was that bad. Okay, No. Com- no, she wasn't that bad. compared to Heather Graham. Who Fuck was- you, dude. Heather Graham, dude, Heather was, Graham was abysmal in that second She movie. was playing a comedy. It's, it's She's comedic. <laughs> okay. I, I thought, That's what I think. I thought Whatever she, you think of the, the best comedies, I think Heather Graham. Okay, well, listen. Show me the Oscar-nominated roles that Beyonce has played, and uh, maybe you've got an argument there. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, yes, Beyonce wasn't that bad. If I would have shown you this movie and you didn't know who Beyonce was... Would you think she was an actual actress? Or would you realize, something's off? No, you know what? She reminds me of, like, Rosario Dawson in her original movies. Like, she did The Rundown. She did Pluto Nash. Rosario Dawson was kind of average in those movies. And so that's where I would have put Beyonce, too. I'd have been like, eh, maybe she'll grow into it. Maybe, you know, she wasn't awesome, but she wasn't bad. (laughs) No, she wasn't bad. And God bless her walking around in that little... uh... Belly shirt. Dude, and she was what, like 19, film. 20 when they made this movie? She really serious? Yeah, she's super young. Dude. Wow. Beyonce was super young. And and you could tell because they were a lot less sexual with her than they. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You think dude, so? Compared to the way that they acted against well, Elizabeth Hurley and he acted against Heather Oh, Graham, I see what you're saying. And yeah. then how he did with Beyonce. It like it was way less. He had more sexual scenes with Minnie Me, yeah, <laughs> than he did with Beyonce. That's a good point. Yeah, and even that uh, forced kiss that they have at the very at the end very was end. really like awkward. Uh huh. It's like why, why? Why? Just leave that out. But I'm gonna tell you, it's Jay Z's pre Jay Z Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Fucking adorable. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Super adorable. She's still a sexy lady. Absolutely. But like she, there was like a she's weird, a foxy Cleopatra. There was a weird kind of like. A fun energy to her in this movie, I where agree. I was like, "All right, you know, this makes me kind of like you, Beyonce." Well, like, like Heather Graham. I don't now know. I watch her, and I'm like, "You pretentious fucking rich. oh Beyonce." Yeah, like, she's kind of become royalty. I like that the movie opens with her. Her her character opens up where she's singing in a trio with two chicks you don't recognize. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, wow, just like Destiny's too close to home. Oh fuck! Yeah the the story of this movie is really fucking flimsy. And I've kind of forgotten it already, and I watched it today. Well, there was this whole plot. Dr. Evil had this plot. He was going to go back in time and get Goldmember and bring him to the present mm-hmm. to do whatever, to, to help take over the world, to get that Midas 22 asteroid or whatever. That's right. But like, then he gets put in prison. Yet, then Basil Exposition brings some like military guys to Austin to show him that their junk had been smelted into gold. <laughs> and they're like, there's only one person who could have done this. He's on the loose. Goldmember. Well, I have to go back to 1975 and find... I'm like, wait, wait, what? How does <laughs> this, anybody know this, this is now. happening? Yeah, yeah, this happened now. And so that's... I get a little too... Maybe too wrapped up in the Bill and Ted of it all. Of like, well, how did this happen? I think so. How did they know? Just an excuse to show that era, that time period. I'm where he of, goes to Studio 69. <laughs> 69. Nice little reference to Mike Myers being in 54. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I liked this movie a lot more when it was in the present. 
Like the the whole going back to the past thing. Well, it just I I'm I was sick of it at but, this point. Yes, exactly. And they played that plot line out in the the first two movies as well. They don't need any more time travel. But yeah. that's the only way you can keep the although um the more times I can see uh, Rob Lowe it's a young uh, Robert Wagner. <laughs> yes. I'll take it, man. Probably won't so be seeing good. Robert Wagner in any uh, supposed no, sequels. Rest in peace. No, no. He'll <laughs> no. just probably be behind uh, jail bars. Oh, I is he so. in jail? Uh, not yet. What, but, wait, uh, what happened? Remember, the, this I thought is, he uh, was dead. I thought no. he passed away. Did he die? Maybe he died. Am I thinking of somebody else? Uh-uh. Robert. Clint Howard. Yeah, I think you're thinking about Robert Blake. Oh, is that who I'm thinking Yeah, I think of? You're, you're thinking about Robert. Is it Robert Blake? Richard Blake? Richard Blake. Richard Blake. Yeah. What am I thinking of? We have a lot of evidence that tends to point to a very suspicious death, the, the police say. Yeah. Mm-mm. Got more evidence against 89-year-old Wagner. Yeah, that's right. They suspect him now in uh, Natalie Woods. They think uh, there was an accident or something back in the day, and he talked Christopher Walken into covering up for him. <laughs> this is real life. I'm not making this shit up. You can't make this shit up. Google it. <laughs> Snopes it. Don't worry, Robert. <laughs> I'll cover it up for you. <laughs> They'll never find it. <laughs> you always got to end on that. You got to do that. Like, low that's, and gravelly. No one ever does that part of the impression. Yeah, it's very Everybody important. always does like this. That's right. But Kevin they forget Pollock. that he usually throws in a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, come for the movie talk. Stay for the uh, Christopher Walken What did you think of Michael Caine in this movie? Oh, uh, I liked him. I like. I think that's good casting. Yeah, as as because he's basically kind of the whole Austin Powers character is b- making fun of <laughs> people like that. And yeah. I love what they do with the flashback scene to Alfie, where they just fucking pulled uh, <laughs> scenes from Michael Caine from an older movie. Yeah, where he is, is young and crying. <laughs> they built that whole car exploding uh, backstory around the footage they had from yeah. uh, a young Michael Caine crying. It was it was clever. I l- Turns out he was crying even back then in films. I re- I know. Promise <laughs> my phone, I'll protect you. Uh, I I w- I wanted more. If Michael Caine, if you're paying Michael Caine to be in your movie, mm-hmm. I kind of would have liked more. You don't think there was enough, Michael Caine? No, there was just enough. I don't think so. Yeah, I would. I think I would have rather seen more Michael Caine than Vern Troyer. Oh, Vern uh, you shut your dirty me mouth, out, man. He yes, always creeps yes. me out. He's a creepy looking dude, but he's actually doing a really, um, dare I say, a nuanced performance. <laughs> nuanced? In this film. Like the, the fight scene in uh, Austin Powers' apartment <laughs> while Fred Savage is on the phone. Well, he's not doing much of the fighting there, but to be fair, he's in a bag being swung <laughs> and phases. <laughs> well, that's his character. His character doesn't speak. He can speak in real life, Joe. Well, not anymore, obviously. He's no longer with us. But when he was, um, yeah, that's not what his voice sounded like. That was a, that was a character choice. Uh huh. Uh, but I love his. Uh, he's got a little character arc in this. He gets betrayed when Scott takes over as uh, as the the better of the sons. <laughs> Doctor Evil finally embraces Come him. Here, sit next to Daddy. <laughs> he's like, okay, everybody, clear the room except, except uh, you, you, Scott, you guys, you number two, you you random from... henchmen in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's looking at him. Poor little mini me. This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you fall on Mike Myers? Because I tried to get Jenna to watch this movie with me, and uh, not only is she not a fan of Austin Powers. She wasn't having much, uh, much of Mike Myers. I like no Mike Myers. I've got no. I do too. Like I said last week, I feel like he suffered a little bit from being. A little, there was a little oversaturation of Mike Myers, but I like him. I think he's consistently a solid, funny performer. I would like to have seen him um, move away from. I'm going to play ten different characters like Eddie Murphy in all of my films, and maybe start to take himself a little more seriously. Yeah, uh, like in Fifty Four. 
Okay, where he's well, telling Ryan <laughs> Philippe that he wants to suck his cock. It's true. I'm not saying that he has to take a hard right. right. Let me suck your cock. He can ease into the. <laughs> it's weird uh, seeing Austin Powers. The say dramas. That. Yeah, yeah. Mike Myers has a sweet spot, mm-hmm. and that sweet spot was Shrek. Like Ooh, that's, that's what Mike Myers does best. That's when we were at peak like, Mike Myers. Yeah, and, and even Dr. Evil is Mike Myers at his best. Yeah. I love that Dr. Evil character. <laughs> if you're familiar with James Bond movies, you're familiar with like when Telly Savalas jumped in yeah. and he played like the head of, um, uh, uh, of Spectre. He's doing a perfect Telly Savalas impression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also a Lorne Michaels impersonation. Lorne Michaels, too. Yeah, you find that out when, uh, what was that, an interview that he had done where they asked him like who the influences were? Yeah. And he's like, Lorne Michaels. And dead on, too, when you hear that guy in interviews. Yeah, dude. You're like, what is Lorne Michaels talking like <laughs> Dr. Evil? Uh, and so it's, um, it, it's, it's really funny, and not just the way he's performing it, the way he's reacting to other people. That's where I like these movies the most is that little, and I already said that, that, like, that, that, that small little universe mm-hmm. of Dr. Evil and his henchmen and their little moments. And a lot of times it's so disjointed from the rest of the movie. Like all of these scenes could actually live in their own universe <laughs> yes. and not have anything to do with Austin Powers and still be super funny. Uh, but they just kind of happen to try to be shoehorning them into this movie. I love that we finally get to see the sharks with lasers oh as well. God. The much promised. Yeah. But yeah, I it agree a, with you. It was a nice payoff. But again, you had to have seen the other Austin Powers movies to fucking get this one. How about the flashback that they did with the younger, uh, you alluded to it earlier, the younger Austin Powers. It was and, a little, uh, almost Harry Potter-ish. It was. They're all in high school together, graduating, and we even get to see the side characters. Uh, young yeah. number two and uh, somebody else is there. <laughs> and Basil. Young Basil. The young Basil, that's right. Uh-huh. How about... I, I just I was really impressed by those actors, especially the one playing young Austin Powers. Oh yeah, I was really impressed with them. They did a good job, man. Thought, thought they were going to come back at the end. Disappointed we didn't get a. a Why? Why would they have come back in the end? They've got a fucking time machine. Maybe they go back and, and reunite and realize their brothers uh, back then. Hey, assholes! That's the, the uh, setup for the sequel. You think Beyonce would learn to like keep her head out of the fucking you know the way of his leg? She gets kicked by. A they gold repeat member. a shot at the very end. They repeat the. Kick. Oh really? Another yeah. kick from before? Uh-huh. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as as far as Austin Powers movies go, I used to look back on this one quite fondly, yeah. and I feel like I've I've been wrong. I think I I would still maybe put it over the second one. Still, I I would having seen all three now. But the first one is definitely still my it's my favorite one. Well, yes, because it was the first time. And and what gets lost here amidst all the time travel shenanigans is the premise of the first one. The reason there was time travel in it is because they were playing off of all the stereotypes from the sixties. Demolition Man as well. Like it starts almost like a complete homage to Demolition. (laughs) That's right. Um, And so a lot of the humor comes from you know the whole fish out of water. Uh-huh. Uh, but but I love it, and that's what's missing in the other two. Then now the other two. Now that we've set up the premise and exhausted it, now we have to shoehorn it into other James Bond movies that aren't as fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that whole bit where Doctor Evil and Mini Me are in prison yeah. had potential. Like it could have been funny. Instead, it's like they kind of cop out of that scene real quick with just a rap, and then everybody's like, "All right, we'll do whatever you say." Yeah. However. The bit where they're breaking out and it goes to banjo music yes. while the spotlights are on them, fucking laugh till I cry. Yeah, for I laugh till I fucking cry. And I'm sorry, uh, I will watch Vern Troyer get swung around in a bag all day. <laughs> I get, I'm not tired of seeing him get kicked. 
he, he gets kicked in the. He flies like out of that chute like a cat in a fucking pillow. Dude, when he I flies out of the chute, hits the side. Jesus, <laughs> they did a really good job. I mean, obviously, they're not doing that to him, and you yeah. can see that it's like a dummy. Uh-huh. But they're doing some kind of video morphing. Yeah, to then uh, where it's a quick like the cuts. Yeah, and then he stands up, and it's like, oh shit, that's a pretty serious. Oh yeah, like when he hits the, the wall in the apartment, <laughs> yeah. he gets kicked and but, hits the wall, and it, it's it's a dummy. But then it just like he gets he just up stands and like, up. Yeah, holy shit, man. Yeah. But. Again, I, I liked him in this, and it was sweet. And maybe maybe a little bit of it is coming from the fact that I know that he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. But um, to go from kind of just being this mischievous little dick in the first two movies yeah. to now you like feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to put on the Austin Powers uh, outfit. Just, it's a little weird. Yeah, that creeps me out more. It's like, like Roger Daltrey shrunk down 25%. <laughs> oh, my God. But he won't get fooled again. Uh, <laughs> yeah! But speaking of cop-outs, the end of this movie, a cop-out. Like, as Dr. Evil's trying to start the, the asteroid or whatever, then, like, they go chase after him, they fight him, he falls, and it's John Travolta, and, oh, it's the end of a movie. We're in the movie, and now the characters are in the audience watching the... Yeah. Uh, yeah I thought about that, too. I was like, oh, so there is no ending. We we get no, no, no wrap-up. But again, who cares? Like, that's not why you're coming to see this movie. You're coming to get some laughs, coming to see... Uh, Austin, you're coming to see the greatest hits, right? Yeah. Instead no, of the, that's, uh, but that's not why I came to see the movie. Like, that's not why I wanted to see the movie this past time. Well, that's what the you filmmakers thought. I wanted thought. to come back to it and be like, oh, okay, you know, let's do something clever with it. Let's no. do something fun. Uh, and I'm trying to think now, what is a, a, a comedy franchise like that that has gotten consistently funnier as they've gone along? Ooh. Pitch, right? pitch Perfect, maybe? The Pitch Perfect You films? didn't like Pitch Perfect 2 and 3, though. I didn't think part... Two, I still haven't seen part 3, so I'm speaking out of turn. Oh, wow. But uh, I didn't think part 2 was as great of a, a, a movie. Like, that first one's just like a fun... It's doing its own thing. The first one was different from anything else we'd seen up to that point. In yeah. fact, it's like the Karate Kid with acapella singing. Like, Absolutely. It's really fucking good. But today's comedic sensibilities. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, that second one, even though it wasn't, uh, the story was really flimsy, uh-huh. but I thought it was funny. Yeah, man, I don't know. Even even now I'm backtracking on this. I'm trying to think. It's tough. Dude, uh, but what I'm saying is it's really tough to like to keep that momentum going with a comedy. Oh, yeah. You know, like when you start back up, you've almost got to hit the ground running with the laughs. And that's, I'll, I will say that that's when this movie does fairly well. Mm-hmm. It does that better than the second one does, where it hits the ground with some laughter, right some the good, gate. deep laughs. Yeah. But then it just kind of, it, it becomes so skin deep for the rest of the movie that it's a little unsatisfying for me. A lot of dad jokes, too. A lot of groaners. Yeah. And uh, things that like, okay, yeah, 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 we get it. Uh-huh. But I never get tired of the opening uh, musical numbers. Though. No, the, there's like so many musical numbers in this one. Yeah, there's like three musical numbers in this. That's a good point. Uh, you, Britney Spears shows up in this fucking movie <laughs> twice. Could have done without that. Yeah. Although fun to see her uh, hit on Vern Troyer at the at end. At the very end, Mini Me, dude. She was that was probably Britney in her prime. I was just gonna say, yeah, peak peak Britney peak as Britney. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked good. It's Britney, bitch. Uh, would so where where did you put this one? You put this one above the second one. I put it above the second one, but far behind the first one. Yeah. Just because, like, the originality of the, you know, uh, allow myself to introduce myself. myself. Like, they tried yeah. to recreate that with the, do you know? The whereabouts of my, where yeah, Do you my, know about my father's whereabouts? Where <laughs> it's like, again, on its own, had I not seen another Austin Powers, yeah. that's funny on its own. The thing they do with the subtitles was different for this one. Oh, uh, okay. That was pretty clever. I did appreciate that. There's that whole scene where we've got the Japanese subtitles. You're talking to a guy speaking Japanese. And it's white text on on screen, but there are strategically placed 
white objects like uh-huh. in the foreground yeah. that the text would be over and so you're only getting partial uh, sentences in the subtitles uh-huh. and of course they're saying dirty things yeah but they do it a few times and it's it's actually really funny. Like uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, that's clever." Yeah, that was original. It's right, something I hadn't that. seen before. That's I, I give it points for that. Would you recommend this movie? You know, sure. If you like Austin Powers, or at least not offended by them, not turned off the way my wife is, um, this is more of the same. Uh-huh. And there's a couple of new surprises, and you get some old favorites. And uh, it's like I said, it's the greatest hits of Austin sure. Powers. Sure. And maybe in 2002, it was uh, too early. I don't know about you. I was feeling a little uh, Austin Powers fatigue. Yeah. Like, everybody had a fucking impersonation. Oh, sure. The whole 60s thing was played out. Um, But, uh, you know, 2019, this is kind of a fond... Oh, yeah. It's it's fun to go back to. If this movie would have come out right now as a reboot, Mm -hmm. um, I think think there's an audience for it. Yeah. Um, I I recommend it as well. Uh, Even though it's not as good as I remember it being... Uh, there's still plenty of fun to be had with the movie, uh, but don't dig too deep because you, you're gonna no. you'll you'll be ripping at the seams pretty quickly. It's one of those type of comics. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, if if you're a fan of Austin Powers, uh, if you really love that first one, if you enjoy the franchise, this mm-hmm. one's no different. It's going to give you this, a lot of the same stuff. Um, and if you want to see Vern Troyer be uh, birthed in, oh a, in silhouette. <laughs> So and then fucking weird. chew off his own umbilical cord. You know what? I will say that that's pretty clever for a comedy. I don't know if you noticed, like, it's way earlier in the movie. It's probably, like, the, within the first half hour or so, mm-hmm. they're on the sub, and Vern Troyer's taking Nigel Powers back to his prison cell, mm-hmm. and you hear on the overhead, you're like, guys, don't, uh, crew, don't forget, physicals are mandatory. We have, oh, they were you know, setting physicals. it up, huh? They were totally setting it up. Ah, I missed that. So then, like, at the, near the end, when they're on the submarine, and the guy stops him, he's like, you have to get your physical. I'm like, okay, this didn't come out of nowhere. Like, this was, they teased this earlier in the film. Good catch. But you just had to be paying attention. It only took me seeing the movie like five times to fucking <laughs> notice that. I was not paying attention. Uh, so what did Austin Powers and Goldmember do right? You know, as tired as you would think the uh, the Mike Myers characters get, and some of them overstay their welcome a little bit, but, uh, well, actually, I'll say Goldmember is probably the least uh, entertaining really? of the really? ones. Yeah, you like him? Oh, God, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was refreshing to see Fat Bastard. <laughs> I love after. when he's saying stuff. He's like, oh, the little one doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> he's commentating. He doesn't, he doesn't get the hint. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he keeps talking about Austrian Faja. Your Faja. His Faja? Faja. What's a fa- What's a Farger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fine. Um, but the recurring characters, again, this is the greatest hits. Um, if you liked them before. Uh-huh. Um, there's I I don't get tired of that dynamic and especially Doctor Evil yeah. uh, and and his and his henchmen. Mm. Um, no, it's it's enjoyable and it went by fast. It was a quick watch for me. That's absolutely what I put down for what this movie did right as well. Doctor Evil, Mike Myers, yeah. as as most of these different characters. Uh, just about any time though that Doctor Evil was on screen, I was laughing out loud at the performance. No matter what was going on, no matter how stupidly slapsticky it was. Yes, like it's his the, the bit where he's like the globe falls on his head. And he's like, I look like Jack in the Box. Like, it's a dumb joke, but I'm still laughing at it. When Minnie Me releases the meteorite and it hits him in the crotch. Yes. Like, this is so juvenile. <laughs> you but see it's it so coming fucking, a mile away, yeah, too. Yeah, it's so funny. Where he's dancing to fucking Bobby Darren's Beyond the Sea yes. while they're waiting for Austin Powers to be brought down. I'm fucking guffawing. Uh, <laughs> what did Austin Powers and Goldmember do wrong? For every one of those, there is a tired old joke. There is a... Um... The preparation H joke that you see see coming a mile away because yeah. they did it in the previous two films. All of his projects always have 
<laughs> I call it the Alan Parsons, Parsons Project. Project. <laughs> I think that was from the first one, yes. the second one. Um, so this one he names, you know, we, we tried, we've been preparing for this. Preparations A, a through, through G. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and even the little uh, the little animatic that they have made up, <laughs> watching it being inserted into like a pipe from below. Yeah. Uh, juvenile and um, showing its age. Uh-huh. And I, I wish uh, Mike Myers would grow with the comedy. Yeah, that's the same thing I have down. That the humor seems more juvenile in this film than in the previous two. Uh, there's a lot of retreading of the old jokes. A lot of pee. Uh, and it, it annoyed me. It annoyed me when Ozzy called it out, where I was yeah, like, you know be- what? You don't get an excuse. Exactly. Just because you're, you're, you're admitting that you're doing it, it's still not an excuse to cannibalize it. It doesn't give you fucking license to do so. Uh, how, how about watching them in the uh, credits do the outtakes? <laughs> it was, that was painful. That it was really was. uncomfortable to watch. It, it was. It was like it's, it's peeking behind the curtain a little too much. Uh-huh. And it's like... Well, and dude, that was 17 years ago. I know. And Ozzy's still fucking touring. Like, yeah. to see him in that 17 years ago to see how he yeah, was... Still... Like, I'm like, dude, you cannot be physically well enough to be touring well, and no, stuff. No, you flip an ATV on yourself. Right? No You're not going to be well enough to do a lot of things. Jesus. Uh, so Rest in peace. If we were going... Ozzy, Ozzy. Oh my God. God, please hold your fucking tongue. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, if we were going to remake Austin Powers and Goldmember today, how would we do it, Joe? Oh, it looks like I've got nine here. I did a pretty extensive recast. I think I have 11. Oh, well, yeah. Touche. Uh-huh. Well, who's your lowest? Uh, my lowest is, well, did you, I mean. Did you Basil? I've, yeah, I did do Basil. Okay. Uh, I cast Ewan McGregor. As Basil Exposition. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. fun. All yeah. prim and proper. Uh-huh. I went with John Cleese. John Cleese is good. A little man. predictable, but yeah, a still. Little older, but hey. I like that. I mean, Michael York was playing him in these movies. So That's right. Fucking Logan's Runs, yeah. Michael York. A uh, ton of work done, too. So who do you have? Uh, I, I have Frau for business. I have her as well. I went with Sally Hawkins from uh, Shape of Water. Sally Hawkins. Oh, yeah. She looks just she looks like, like her. her. Exactly, yeah. I went with Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Taking a younger... Uh, I've got a little bit of a younger crowd going on is there here. Is theme here, maybe? No, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, let me see. Did you recast number two? I didn't do recast number two. Matt and number Le- three. Matt LeBlanc. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yes, he looks like him. Well, what I wanted to do is get a sitcom star from the 90s, uh, just like how we had a TV star from the 70s. I see what you're doing. And throw that, throw him in there. Well, I don't have a sitcom star, uh, but I do have a movie star from the 80s. How about Josh Brolin? Oh, dude, that's really that good. that role, yeah, with the eye patch. I mean, hey, his dad was a fucking TV star, so why not? Hey, there you go. Good the Rockford Files. Bow, wow, 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 wow. Uh, all right. So let me see what else. How about I Seth Green, Scotty, 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 Scotty Evil, Scotty Don't, played by David Mazus, Bruce Wayne in Gotham. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, has he done comedy? I no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you seen Gotham? <laughs> it's pretty funny how bad that show is. Uh, I didn't realize it was still on. Yeah, dude. Uh, did you you recast that? Man? I went with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, that's good, man. Maybe a little old. It's a, but dude, he would still be able to fucking play that. I agree. Uh, all right, I'm trying to figure out who else I have that you don't. No, you got Michael Kine. Uh, who? Mike, Ma- Michael Kine. Michael Nigel Kine. Powers. Yes, right. Fuck yes, I do. Let's hear it. Who, uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh, I like that. Uh huh. I went with Bill Nighy. Ah, oh, dude, that's so. good. It's Billy Mac from Love Actually. That's really great. Right. We both went with Love Actually actors. Hey, how about that? <laughs> uh, all right. So how about? Um, did you recast Fat Bastard? Oh, I didn't. Okay, okay so, so here's what I did. I recast one actor for the roles I did of, the same thing. Okay, the, all one the Mike One actor playing all the Mike Myers So I was going to save him for the end. Okay, let's save that for the end. Right. What else do we have? We How about Mini-Me? Mini-Me uh, would have either been played by my main actor, 
CG'd almost like uh, that movie Little Man. <laughs> or they just or, or tiptoes or tiptoes. Uh, but instead, I went with Peter Dinklage. Oh, uh, that's exactly why I went with. Yeah, two. man. Of course you did. He'd be great. Of course you did. Who else do we have here? Foxy Cleopatra. Oh yes. Uh huh. Played by Zoe Kravitz. Oh, I got another Zoe. Zoe Saldana. That's really. Good. Or is it Saldana? I don't. I think it's Saldana. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Depends I, on what part of the country you come from, dude. I think that's everybody. Not, you don't have number three. No, I didn't. Who's number three? Uh, number three is the Fred Savage character. Oh no, I didn't. Oh. I didn't cast him. I went with Johnny Galecki. <laughs> oh, that's really good, man. <laughs> right? Oh shit! How the hell did you have one that I didn't? I don't know. Okay, whatever. Do I have more than uh, one? You two, said you had three, nine, four, five, six, seven. I do have nine. I have eleven. Who the fuck did you did I cast that well, you didn't cast? Uh, Mike Myers plays four different characters here, so that's the rest of my recast. Let's see. I recast Austin, mm-hmm. Doctor Evil, mm-hmm. Nigel, mm-hmm. Foxy Cleopatra, yeah. Goldmember, Frau Forbizna, Scotty, uh-huh. Number Two, Fat Bastard, Mini Me, and Basil. So you did Fat Bastard separately, uh huh, and Goldmember separately. Well, no, I did. They're all played by the same person. Oh, okay. You just yeah. named them. I just named them. I just yeah, I named them all. Okay. All right. So. Uh, I guess yeah. That leaves that leaves our our the main roles stars, of Mike Myers. Actors. Who did you pick? Uh, so originally Jenna was like oh, Will Ferrell. He can totally do this, and I'm like a little old. And, and also he was also in was the movie. in the first one, um, but uh, came up afterwards with Ben Stiller. Mm. About Ben Stiller. He does comedy. He's done some makeup before. Ben Stiller's really good. He would put his own take on the characters, but uh, still a capable actor. I'm surprised you didn't go this route because you're such a fan. Of M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> Glass Unbreakable oh. and Split. I went with James McAvoy oh. as all of these characters. That's great. Yeah, dude. Just because oh. like, I see him as, with the bald head yes, as Charles Xavier. Absolutely. Dude, James McAvoy. <laughs> that would be fun. That's the sequel to Split. Like, he's just doing all of the Austin, <laughs> all the Austin Powers, Powers characters. characters. <laughs> but he's murdering people simultaneously. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> groovy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to see Split. And Glass. Did you see Glass yet? I still have not seen Glass. Wow, for somebody who'd been sucking you know at the why? dick of fucking M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> because I don't want the... the it, it's like the last days before uh, episode one opened. <laughs> You're like the last days of Christ. It's like it's like, it's like the passion being of tempted, the Austin Powers. Being tempted by the devil. The, the, the passion of the powers. <laughs> no, it's like uh, before Phantom Menace opened, when you're like, oh, man, oh, I've seen all these bits and pieces, and, and the, my imagination's just running wild. I can't wait to be excited and surprised at what uh-huh. I'm about to see. Wow. And then uh, disappointment. So uh, I'm still hopeful that I'll enjoy it, because I think audiences are like have it in the 70s, and critics are the ones that have it down in the 30s. We're talking about glass here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think hopefully I'll be uh, along with the audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll like Split, though. I'll get you Split. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'll Split you. If you've got it, yeah, hook me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's directing yours? Didn't I have a director? I went with Nick Stoller. Did Get Him ah, to the Greek. Yeah. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The Muppets. That's and right. And this movie plays out almost exactly like a fucking Muppet film. Uh, yeah. Where everything is just kind of like... It's almost like everything's a vignette that kind of just feeds into, into a the main next story, one. Yep. but not really a full set. It's felt just like that. It's a good so, point. There you go. Uh, guys, if you got thoughts about Austin Powers 3, anything that we didn't talk about, something that we glossed over, something that you thought we were completely wrong about, let us know about it on Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or in the search function on Facebook. Just put in the Editing Bay. Click on the image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. And uh, that'll take you to uh, to our little home on the internet. Uh, that's where you could talk to us and, uh, home, and leave your suggestions. Home on from the internet. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I'm coming home. <laughs> no. Daughtry. 
Uh, you could leave uh, suggestions <laughs> for movies for us to talk about in the future. Just put it right there. Uh, and uh, we've also got a website, right, Joel? We do, but now I can't stop thinking of uh, what the recast of The Muppets would have been like in Austin Powers. <laughs> get fucking Kermit as Austin Powers. Get Fozzie can be... Uh... Kermit would have been Basil. Basil. Yeah. No, Kermit. that's good. Kermit would well, be who's Basil. who's Austin Powers then? Austin Powers would be Gonzo. Gonzo, you think? Yeah. So? yeah like that. Yeah. Who's Dr. Evil? You get uh, Bunsen? It, actually, Austin Powers would be Scooter. Yes. Yeah, with yes. the glasses and stuff. Oh, that's great. Dr. Evil would be... Um, you think Bunsen? Oh man! Yeah. Mm. Or you need like a villain. You need you need kind of someone villainous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Eagle. Sam Eagle would be a good number two. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Evil. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. shit, man. Fozzie Bear's got to be in there. Somewhere. Fozzie Bear would. Uh, Fozzie Bear would be fat bastard. Yes, Fozzie bastard. I like that. Uh, See, I feel like Gonzo would be gold member. Really? Yeah, that would be a good one. You gotta have Kermit as the hero always, right? And that means uh, Miss Piggy's gonna be uh, Foxy Cleopatra. Miss Piggy would be, uh, yeah, either that or she'd be Felicity Shagwell or Frau Forbizna. Or Frau. <laughs> oh, that'd be a good mashup, dude. Let's work this out. Ah, uh, yeah, Animal. <laughs> animal could be in there somewhere. Uh, see, Mini Me. Woman. <laughs> now, Mini Me would be Pepe Lepron. Oh, my God. Or he'd yes. be the rat. Or uh, Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, Rizzo the Rizzo. rat. <laughs> I like this. Oh, my God. This is the best recast there ever. There you go. Nominee. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got a website, right, Joel? We do. It's, that's <laughs> where we were. Let's try that again. It's the Muppets. No, it's uh, editingbay.com. When you go there, you can find links to all of our uh, aforementioned social networks, Facebook, also our Twitter handle. Follow us at the editing bay on Twitter. Um, you'll always be the first to know what movies uh, we're going to be doing next. So if you're on Twitter right now, you already know the movie that Joe is going to announce for next week. Joe, uh, guys, leave us a rating and a review on your podcast app. A uh, five star rating would be fantastic. Uh, just like N Wadsworth eighty four. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, leave us uh, leave us uh, some feedback. Let us know what you like about the show. Even if there's stuff that you don't really like about the show, we'll take your criticism. But make it a five-star rating. That's it. <laughs> Just talk Just shit about you. Follow the fucking rules. <laughs> um, uh, before I talk about what we're going to do next week, I want to give uh, some friends of ours a plug. Ryan and Laurel with the Craniacs podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're doing some fun stuff over there. If you're a big fan of the Frasier TV show, that's what they're doing. They're going through the uh, the run of Frasier. Ryan, the newcomer to the series, while Laurel is a lifelong fan. Uh, and you get their take on each of the episodes, uh, and they're clean. They're family friendly, which yeah. I kind of appreciate. Listen in the minivan. I'm like, hey, listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they do some funny stuff. They're uh, they're 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 a good podcast. You should I'm follow a subscriber. them. And uh, and yeah. So next week, Valentine's Day. Oh, time for lovers. Show. I've been looking forward to this because this is a film that none of my friends that I at least that I know of none of them have seen this fucking movie, and it's one that I grew up on. Uh, I didn't realize after I'd kind of gone through it a little bit recently and like it influenced some of the stuff that I've put together, like some of the stuff that oh, I've written. That you've written? Yeah. I'm like, wow, uh, that was just like laying dormant in my brain for about 15, 20 years and it must have just come out on the paper. Mm. Uh, it's a little movie starring Timothy Hutton and uh, Kelly McGillis. Oh, Top it, Guns. Uh, to- top Guns. Kelly, is it McGillis or McGinnis? McGillis. McGillis. Yeah. Uh, and I know we talked about in Top Gun how... There was no sexual chemistry between her and Tom Cruise Mm-mm. at all. Uh, you didn't buy the romance. Uh, I think that the story might be different with a little movie called Made in Heaven. Ooh. Um, yeah, where Timothy Hutton plays a, a young man named Mikey who, uh, who who sets off on his own, leaves, his, leaves home, leaves his parents, 
Uh, and while he's he's like a few miles outside of town, comes across a car that's like crashed into the river, Uh-oh. saves a woman and her two kids, but at the cost of his own life. <gasps> oh, and he no. dies. This happens within the first like five minutes of the movie. Oh. Uh, he dies, ends up in heaven, and is like kind of having a problem dealing with that. Like, I don't accept this. I, I'm a good swimmer. Why am I dead? Well, while he's in heaven, he meets Kelly McGillis, and they fall in love. Aww. But she's a new soul. And has yet to be born. I'm a new And so she is sent to Earth, and he, like, goes and pleads his case, like, let me be with her. I want to find, let me find her. And so they agree. They're like, fine, we'll send you back. You have until your 30th birthday to find her. Oh, Uh, I like that idea. What a cool premise. He's sent back, but he doesn't know he's supposed to find her. Like, he's just living his life. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's born, and it's fun because he kind of... Like some of the paths that he crosses mm-hmm. are people that he may have known in his previous life. Uh, oh, but, interesting! But it's, it's a really clever story, uh, and I want to see how this holds up for you. I haven't seen the whole thing proper in many, many wow. years, so I'm wondering how this is going to hold up for me as well. But Made in Heaven, uh, this you could get on iTunes. You can rent it, buy it on iTunes. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's on any of the streaming services though. Uh, that's all right. So uh, yeah. Valentine's Day, we're going to spend it with Timothy Hutton and Kelly McGillis. <laughs> I'd be doing that regardless, Joe, yeah, I whether know. you had rented this movie or not. <laughs> a little bit of Vaseline, <laughs> some tissues. Uh, well, that's yeah. just the uh, volleyball, beach volleyball scene from Top Gun. <laughs> playing, playing <laughs> with the boys, <laughs> the boys. i got to take a shower. Oh, listen to our Top Gun episode. I'll just take a shower. <laughs> Fucking 20 minutes where Tom Cruise was just like Get your own shower. for taking a shower. I feel like that's his move. Like he just shows up sweaty at people's houses, women's didn't. houses. He didn't. He said, I'm going to take a shower and then went back to the base. Like yeah, she he turned him rather, away. He would rather shower with a bunch of dudes <laughs> than with her. It's crazy. Uh, all right, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Ugh. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. See you guys next week for Made in Heaven. Yep. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.